Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Hi there. Welcome to the Faith Life Sisters. We are talking about James. And this is our second week. We are going to be camping out in James 1, 19 through 27. But a couple notes. Um, we did not let you know last week that there are memory verses that go along with each week of homework. And um, you don't have to do the memory verses. But there is a suggested memory verse that goes along with each week. And if you are following along in the homework, it's at the very last page of your week. But we are going to recommend that you start memorizing it and focusing on it at the beginning of the week so that maybe by the time you're all finished, then you have that little verse memorized as well. So take a look at that um, if that's something that you're inclined to do, but just wanted to make a note of that. And then also for today or for this week, we are going to um, only have two episodes, but they're going to be a little bit longer. And they, um, we just felt like as we were talking about them, that maybe day one and day two go hand in hand really well together um, as far as discussion and then day three and day four. So just a heads up on that. If you're following along with the homework, don't be confused. There are four days, but we are just letting them flow right into each other. Can so. I just say, um, for the people who aren't um, downloading the homework, if they want to do that memory verse for this week, it's James 1, uh, verses 19 and 20. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, in case you aren't following along, that is good to know. <laughs> um, well, do you want to start us out with day one and day two verses for this week, Terry? Yep, I sure will. So that'll be James 1, 19 through 25. Mm-hmm. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. That's kind of, um, I think... A lot of times we hear the um, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. But then I think that's where we cut it off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of times we're quick to spout that, and then it's usually when we're um, mm-hmm. arguing with someone and we don't want them to argue back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at least that's how it is in in our house. Mm-hmm. But then it goes on and like says, actually, listen, this is why you should be right. quick to listen. 
Yeah. Yep. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I mean, a lot, if we're um, angry at, at someone, it's probably because we feel they've done something um, against us. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they, they've heard us somehow. Or, um, and the, the listening, they're not listening. And so we have been hurt by them and we want to strike back. Um, I know that's me. I do that. Um, I'm a reactor, not a responder. Although I'm tr- I try. I try really hard. <laughs> but um, I do respond, react. I mean, quickly. My anger just fires up. And, and that doesn't help me be any closer to the Lord, that's for sure. I do things, I say things when I'm angry. Um, I wrote down a little list of things <laughs> that says, um, uh, my anger doesn't bring about righteousness. When I'm angry, I, and, and some of these I put in, I lash out, I say terrible, mean things, I swear. Sometimes it's just, I'm just trying to hurt the other person back, um, Sometimes I just want to like hit someone or something. I stomp my feet, slam doors. I've been known to peel out in my car. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm better than I used to be. We, you know, like uh, between Greg and I, we don't argue nearly as much as we used to. And I hope we've grown more mature in, in just in ourselves by our age and in the Lord. That that doesn't happen very often. So, but it's not pleasing to God. It's not honoring God when I do those things, and when I let anger control me and not the spirit. Don't you think anger can be very self-indulgent? It totally. makes us feel empowered there for a few minutes mm-hmm. um, when we give into it and we do all those things that you described, Terry. Um, but. Self-indulgence is not the way of God. Right. No, we're called to um, control, to have self-control. So anytime we give in to that kind of natural um, emotion, while it's not, I mean, everybody gets angry, right? You can't stop that from happening, but you can stop the consequences of that anger. We were um, doing a study about families um, and family dynamics and um, Andy Stanley said that a lot of times, almost all the time, when you are having an argument or if you're angry with someone, he said that um, a lot of times the root is that you are not getting what you want mm-hmm. from the situation, from the person, from the response, from the whatever. So if you are able to recognize and stop in that moment of anger or stop in that moment of argument or whatever it is and say, okay, what is it that I am not getting that I want? And then recognize that the other person is facing the same battle that you are. And you can come to that that middle point that that will diffuse a lot of that. And that will turn it also toward that shifting focus of like, what does God want for me? What kind of representation can I be in serving the other person by trying to figure out what it is that they want? Um, I thought that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. That's great. I like that. Well, and that I, also, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. That also kind of reflects the Word of God. And we're talking about when we take in the Word of God, we don't just read it. We 
engage it, we take it in, we feast on it, you know, we eat it, actually, we um, digest the Word of God, we take it in at different levels, not just, oh, read it, done. It's, we take it in, and our behavior reflects um, the Word of God. That's what, that's what would be good. If people tell us, oh, yeah, they believe in God, but they don't act like it, know that they have not taken it in at a very high level. Right. And that's that's where we come into the quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because when we're listening, like you said, that shifts that um, to the Word of God, like, and taking it in internally um, helps us do that. There's a lot that is said in Proverbs about mm-hmm. um, having a still tongue and causing up dissension, um, just all kinds of things. Proverbs is full of wisdom about (laughs) how to behave. Um, So, um, this is not just James saying this. This has been around for a long, 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 long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And he, we have to remember that they are in these foreign lands um, where they are being the example of Christ because, remember, these people that they're living among have lots and lots of different beliefs and cultural um, tendencies. So I would think that, especially if you're in an unknown place, that if someone is questioning your belief, which I would imagine they probably were being questioned, Mm -hmm. um, that if you're not real certain that you do have a tendency to lash out. And he's saying to them, like, listen, this is not how you can reach these people. You have to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And amongst yourselves also, because they're watching you. I think if we develop that discipline of letting some time play out, you know, something hits you and you want to react right away. But if you can, if you can stop for just probably nanoseconds, it allows the Holy Spirit time to bring up the Word of God that you've ingested and that you've taken in so that now I know what God's Word says about that situation. But if I just lash out, I'm not even thinking about what God's Word might say about that situation. I'm just lashing out in my own strength um, and in my own thinking and my natural wisdom, maybe. So I think if we can learn to, just like with your kids, didn't you talk to your kids when they were little and say, look, I know you're mad take a breath, (laughs) take Mm -hmm. a chill pill, just take a second to stop before you say anything. Um, And I think that all our lives, we can kind of take that advice. If we'll just take that second um, and let the Holy Spirit um, direct us, lead us, guide us, and what our response is going to be, we'll we'll have a whole lot better success um, in communicating with people. So not to open a Pandora's box here, but let me ask you a question. <laughs> Do you think that our current, obviously our current environment um, around the world is very contentious, right? I mean, if, if you don't agree with someone, then they're out very often. And, um, I think that's becoming more and more prevalent. Maybe we're swinging back the other way at this point because there's a lot more talk about um, maybe a little bit more compassion and um, maybe a little bit more gentility. 
um, than we've seen in the relatively recent past. But I wonder if our use of screens um, has fueled that, do you think? The fact oh. that we don't actually have to look somebody in the eye. In the eye? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're with somebody physically, you have a you don't just have an intellectual reaction with them. You have a physical connection of some kind, um, good or bad. So yeah, I think that that's part of it. And I think the the distance, kind of a sort of an anonymity, even though I'm talking to you and I know you, there's still a distance between us when you're on that screen. Um, you can't read body language as well. And, and so I think, I think the way that we process a lot of um, communication, a lot of information that comes in when we're with someone, a lot of those avenues have been shut off by the screen. You know, we don't have the, all I can see is, you know, like from your neck up, I can't see all your body language. And so I'm not getting a lot of cues that I might've gotten 10 years ago or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know sometimes, you know, we've all probably had some training where, you know, you've been taught that if you have something rough to say to somebody, maybe reach out and put your hand on them, establish a physical connection. Well, we can't do that anymore. Um, So it's changed how we relate to people for sure. And probably made us, it's a lot easier just to tell somebody off or to judge them when you have no real physical connection with them. But on the other hand, um, having that, um, maybe not even if you're face-to-face on the screen, but um, text messages or Facebook messages or whatever, and you don't see their face and you don't see an immediate reaction for me, a reactor, that gives me a little time, as much time as I want in between to think about it to settle down, to put together a cohesive answer, you know, and maybe let the, um, it's not boiling out of me where anyone can see it right away. I think you're a little more mature in that, Terry. I think a lot of young people, especially, they take that time as an affront. Mm -hmm. I want an immediate answer. And so Mm -hmm. if somebody texts someone and they don't get that immediate answer, now they're offended. They've taken offense at that. So it's a, that's an interesting point that you make. And I think, you know, depending on how mature someone is, you know, do we see time as our friend or time as our enemy? Um, and I think the, the more mature you become, the more you see that time really can be your friend. It can give you that space. And, and that's really what James is saying here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be quick to listen, but slow to speak. Take that time before mm-hmm. you react or respond. Um, but yeah, in our society today, because I listen to my kids, you know, if they text somebody and they don't get an answer right away, they want to know what's wrong. Why not? You know, oh, there must, they must be mad or upset about something. They haven't gotten back to me yet. Um, they're not respecting the time that I took to send that text. Oh, a minute. A minute, yeah. <laughs> We've got such an instant society. I do think that has worked. That's true. Out, which totally against the way James is saying we need to be. Mm-hmm. so well, how do the, we take that how do we take what james is telling us and adapt it to what we're looking at now what we're facing right now with um 
text messages and with because the reality of it is especially now we don't have that personal contact we don't have that time to you know it used to be that you could sit and have coffee with somebody if you had like if there was something really going on you would call that person and say hey let's go get some lunch where we can be in a neutral space and let's see if we can get this worked out but that's not even an option anymore right So how does that, how do we take what James is saying here? And in Proverbs, it says that um, if we give in quickly to anger, it's going to stir up conflict and cause dispute, right? So Mm -hmm. how do we take all of what James is saying and what we've know from Proverbs and then twist that, not twist it, but change that and pivot to the fact that we can't go out and have lunch together we can't sit and have a cup of coffee. We can't put our hand on someone's arm and say, listen, this is what's going on. And I want you to hear this in love, which is the way that I'm hoping that you'll hear it. Um, how do we do that by text message or by Facebook message or by voicemail or whatever it is that we're up against? Oh, that's an easy answer. Emojis. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Those are helpful. Yes. I, lo- I love emojis. They, they say everything that this face would be saying. <laughs> oh, but seriously. Yeah. Someone else I, can give a real answer. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did like the emojis answer. I like that too. I, I think it starts with us taking in the word of God mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to figure out how we're going to respond or what we're going to do. When the word of God is in us at levels that it needs to be in, not just understanding it, not just memorize it, but where we have taken it in and it impacts our behavior, that'll come through with a text because then we can say, hey, can I call you? That's the fun, one of the funnier things is like we text people to see if we can call them. Yeah. But it's like, which I will not do that anymore. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, I'll call them. And if they can't talk, they can't talk. And it's like, okay. But, we, um, but if we have really taken God's word in at levels, um, then, then it should show in our behavior almost automatically. Yeah. In other words, it should just come out of us. And so that to me is like the priority. And like, I don't know. I, I mean, I can use emojis or different things like that. But to me, am I in the word of God? Am I really letting that affect me and change me at the levels? Because it should happen. It should work that you put the word of God in and you stuff it in there so tight that eventually it starts to boil over. And that's what comes out in any situation because we're so full of the Word of God that it, it overflows us. Yeah. Did it change our heart? Because what we speak reveals what's in our heart, right? And so, if we're constantly putting God's Word in there, what's going to come out of there is God's Word yeah. and who He is. But that's a pretty big process, too. That doesn't happen automatically. I mean, I've walked with the Lord for a lot of years, and I know even, well, Shortly after we moved here, I was talking to a neighbor out in the street, and they asked me if I knew about a situation. And, and my first thought was, oh, yeah, I know about that. Let me tell you what I know. And I really felt the Holy Spirit say to me, do you really want to say that? Because it was coming up. I was getting ready. Yeah. And that checked me. Um, now, I, I hope, you know, 20 years later, that I wouldn't even get to that point where the Holy Spirit had to check me like that, had to say, mm, do you really want to say that? I would hope that I would 
recognize the minute they said that to me that I didn't have anything to say about that. Nothing that wouldn't, unless it was going to bring life, I wouldn't have to say it. And I hope now that the Holy Spirit would actually give me something to say that would be life-giving or Mm life-affirming. But that, I think, you know, for anybody out there that's, that's new in the Lord or young in the Lord, have a have an expectation that you're going to get there, but know that the, the only way you're going to get there is for that word, for you to continuously put that word in, put it in, put it in. And then at some point, the process will be that that is what comes out. But you may go through a few steps in between. You know, you may go through a, a phase where you feel a little bit funny, get ready to say something. You feel a little funny about saying it. Don't say it. Mm-hmm. Or you get ready to do something and you get a little bit funny about doing it. Don't do it. That's the Holy Spirit working Mm -hmm. in you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so learn to follow those cues so that as time goes by, that you're you're growing in the things of God. Mm -hmm. I like the fact. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Terry. Um, and not only scripture tells us about listening and, and stuff. Um, um, Stephen Covey, one of the um, seven highly, no, the seven habits of highly effective people yeah. is um, seek first to understand and then to be understood. So that's it. Listen, listen hard and try to understand from the other person's point of view. Then if you still need to, then you can, maybe they can help you can understand to understand what you think as well. That didn't come out very well. (laughs) But anyways, um, (laughs) be quiet, listen, listen to what that person is saying and take time to take it in, mull it around a little bit, you know, and that, that, that's a really great idea. Well, James says in verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So it's just like you're saying, Terry, like don't just listen, but do it. Do it. You have to practice it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like medicine. You won't be perfect at first, but if the longer you practice, like anything else, the better you'll get. Right. Um, and it's that I, I really um, hadn't thought about it before, but this time when it... It's not, don't, I didn't stop, like you said earlier, um, Suzanne, I didn't stop at that first part of it, don't merely listen, but, um, and so deceive yourselves. I think I just never, I just kind of blew that part off um, in the past, but I'm like, and so that, because really, I think I didn't understand it. What is, what is that? Deceive yourselves about what? Don't deceive yourself that that is enough. Don't deceive yourself that because you, go to church or you go to Bible study or you're part of a podcast, you know, don't deceive yourself. That that's not enough. Not here. You can't just hear it or, and, um, and, and think that that's it. That's not all there is. You know, there's a, a relationship and there's a change that has to be made. Well, James says that if we are not if we are not willing to do what it says, if we just mm-hmm. listen and don't do what it says, he says we're just like the man who looks at himself in the mirror and then walks away and forgets what he looks like. Yep. You know, and I was thinking about that and I thought, well, that's ridiculous. Who in the world is going to forget what they look like? You know, and then I thought, there are days... Now, granted, this is not often, but like sometimes I've been riding in the car 
and I catch a view of myself out of the side mirror, right? And you go, who is, oh my gosh, that's me. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, and then you yeah. just feel like, where in the world have I been? What have I been doing? Like, how did I not, I guess nobody really looks that closely, maybe at their earlobe or whatever it is, you know, but think of that unsettling mindset and then realize that if we are not doing what the word says, that that's what it's like all the time. I have that experience every morning when I look in the mirror, my hair is all over the place. It's like a foot away from my head. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you do that. What? <laughs> well, another part of this is just obeying God's word. And um, I like to quote by David Platt. It says, you know, how do you obey God's word? The answer is not that you muster up your own obedience to the best of your ability. The answer is to receive the word humbly, the word planted in you, and to focus on it. Remember it and hide it in your heart and on your mind. That's, I, I keep going back to that, but it's like, that is such the basic part of this. And then as, as we act, it's going to reveal what's inside of us mm-hmm. as we do that. So, yeah, okay. I've had those moments where I listen and it was like, oh, no, God, you could be wrong here. Let me take, <laughs> let me tell you this, you know, or something like that. But, but really knowing that anger is something you need to be careful of, be aware of. Yeah. You know, this is, it's like, wow, if you're all of a sudden in an angry situation, you want to check what happened, because that's mm-hmm. kind of like a breach of safety. A lot of times people just don't feel safe or things like that. Um, a lot of times the reason people want their way is they feel safer that way. And so they'll fight to protect the city. That's just like a wall around us, like a city um, wall. Um, but it's just almost to have that other level that you're talking about, Angie, where it's like where you can let the Holy Spirit come in and say, oh, wait, this is what we're going to do. Or, the, you know, a verse comes to mind. And the way you notice if, if the word is in is based on what people are actually doing. Do they, have they seen themselves in the mirror? Do they know what they're like? And I think it's always revealed in behavior, not necessarily what people say. It's in their behavior. Yep. Well, James 25 says that um, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, and this is talking about um, like the, the law that Christ gives us, um, but it says continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And then um, just to tag on to that David Platt that Rosemary, quote that Rosemary was just talking about, he goes on a little further and he says, um, the perfect law that James refers to is not the Old Testament law of Moses, which was, remember, the check the box laws, um, but rather the law understood through Christ, that the words of Christ and the truth of Christ that free us from slavery to sin and this world, and that James tells us a glorious blessing is to be experienced in the obedience of God's word, which is what we receive when we can take that humbly into our into our hearts and into our minds and just settle into that. And, and there's something that happens in us when we let the word come into us at, um, there's this, there's a spiritual transformation 
there is a movement, there is a change. And and like you guys were saying earlier, if we just go to church, you know, I think Terry, you were saying, if we just go to church and we don't let it affect us, we don't let it change us, um, then it becomes powerless. It it doesn't have the power that we can, not from God's perspective, His Word will accomplish what it needs to do, but for us to attain the power of the actual Word, it hasn't changed us at different levels. Right. That's a part of what memorizing the verses can do. As you go through a verse, you got to read it slowly. You have to pick up that part. Terry, what you were talking about, so deceives yourselves. Like, oh, whoa, 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 what does that mean? You know, And that's a part of memorizing verses, is letting it come in at different levels, letting it come in slowly over pieces of time. I mm-hmm. think when we do that, when we memorize a verse, <clears throat> we take the time to say it over and over again. We're getting in agreement with what the Word of God says. And I think that that's a a big point for us. You know, you can read it and maybe you don't agree with it. So reading it and not agreeing with it, you're not going to take it in. So you have to find a way to say, okay, this is what the Word of God is. This is what the Word of God says. And I'm going to agree that this is the truth. Now, once I've come in agreement, with that fact, that this is the truth, this is the way to live. Now, when I put the Word of God in my mouth and I put it in my heart, every time I think it, every time I say it, I'm coming into agreement with God. That's a pretty powerful thing when we say, you know what, you're right. We humbly accept the Word. I don't, I'm not right, you're right, your Word is right, and I'm going to accept that. Now we've got a whole different ball game for the Holy Spirit to work in us to conform us to the image of Jesus. Because we've said, your word is the truth, not what I think, not what I feel, not what I believe, not what I was brought up to think, but what your word says, that's the truth. And I'm going to base everything I say and think and do on your word. So it isn't just taking in the word, it's how you're taking it in. You have to acknowledge that, that it's, yeah, that's that humility that James is talking about. Mm-hmm. We have well, there's to a, say, go ahead, Terry. I was going to say there's a quote um, from the Tony Evans study Bible that says, without application, there can be no spiritual transformation. Mm-hmm. The Bible calls us to true freedom, which is submission to God's perfect word. To live this way requires going to the word intentionally, not casually, in prayer. The one who submits to transformation by the word and is a doer of the world of, uh, I'm sorry, and who is a doer who will be blessed. So it's just what you were saying. You have to go, you have to do it intentionally. You have to let it seep in and, and make us, uh, like they said when we were younger, make a home in your heart, you know, and, and let it dwell there richly in you yeah. and do what it says. Can't just check off the, yep, I read it. Yep, I went to church. Yep, okay, I'm good. Mm -mm. Isn't it interesting that we think that just doing those things can make us right with God, can be the life that God has for us? without doing time in church? Yeah, just going to church or going to Bible study or, Mm -hmm. you know. Not really engaging it. Not really engaging Mm -hmm. in in a relationship with God. Um, How did we get so deceived that Mm -hmm. we thought that was enough? Well, that's, that's where Christ steps in, right? Like before Jesus, it was the love 
it was the law of Moses where it was the check the box. It yeah. was the go to church. It was the wash your hands the right way, wash your feet. Um, you know, you don't eat these foods and you don't look at these things and you don't say these things. And this is how you can be right with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And now Jesus has come in and said, listen, y'all are sinners, but I'm here and I'm going to save you. And so there is no way that you can keep those hundreds of laws and be perfect. It's not going to happen because I am the only perfect one. So I will step in here and I will check all of the boxes so that you don't have to worry about that anymore. There is now freedom in the fact that we don't have to do all those things. But he does say, come to me because I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he's it. So I think we are naturally inclined to need to check the box and to say, I have to do these things. And Jesus says, nope, you don't have to do. Mm-hmm. I did. So okay. you don't have to. Yeah. And I, I think everybody can go through a time in their walk with, um, I don't want to study the word. <laughs> I don't, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. coming into me. I don't get what they're talking about. And it's the thing about it is when I, when I hear that all the time, what st- and when I experience that, I've definitely had time with that where I've experienced it. And it's like, what part of Jesus am I not willing to accept? What part am I fighting here? There's times when I'm reading the word and I'm like, no, I don't think so. I think I get to win here, you know, or something like some crazy thinking comes in and it's like, I think I have a better idea. <laughs> and the, um, the part of that is I need to check what's my attitude. Am I eagerly coming towards God? Am I doing this without doubt? Like doubt can really just split what we're, you know, it can make us not be able to take it in. It's okay to wrestle with the Word of God. It's okay to go, God, I don't understand. The other thing is okay to say is, God, I'm not taking in your Word right now. I can tell. It's mm-hmm. just like clunk, and it's just hitting me in the head, but it's not doing anything. And it, by faith, we continue to work in the, in the with God. We continue to do what He's asked us to do. We continue to say, I understand it's not coming in. By faith, I'm going to continue to to read the Bible. By faith, I'm going to believe Jesus and the Holy Spirit that you're doing a work that I can't experience right now. And, and so, that's it's like, don't worry if you're struggling. All of us have done that. All of us have had that point. Um, and and double-mindedness and all these different things could be in the way. But God is the one, like you're saying, Suzanne, Jesus came in and took care of that. So, by faith, we know that God will move and God will make the changes we need. Yeah. Amen, Amen. sister. <clears throat> well, Angie, <laughs> how do we finish that up? Do you right. want to just, <laughs> we're just going to camp on that. And why don't you pray for us? <laughs> I will pray for us. Great. Oh, dear Lord, we are so grateful um, for this time together. We're so grateful that you gave us your word. Father, that we don't have to, um, we don't have to figure out um, where you stand on things. We don't figure out how um, you're going to work in us. We don't have to figure any of that out. You have a plan for us, and you have already established um, the truth that your word brings life. And, Father, that it's a good life that you have for us, good plans that you have for us. So, Father, thank you that you've given us this book of James to show us 
um, what it should look like as we grow closer to you, that we should be able to um, exercise some self-control, not blow our tops every time somebody comes against us or um, has a different idea than we do, but that we can be slow to anger and that we can listen to other people, that we can see their heart um, and that you're going to bring life through that kind of behavior. Um, Father, help us to be humble. That's a hard one for us. We all think we know best. Um, We think that we have some control um, that we can exert over ourselves and over others. But help us, Father, to realize that your way is the best way, that you know best. And Father, that you've given us your word and you've given us your spirit who lives in us to lead us and guide us into all the truth. Father, as we read your word, just open our hearts and open our spirits. Let it really become a part of us, Father. Like Rosemary said, we want to eat it and digest it. When we eat food, we take those nutrients in and they become a part of us. Um, And they can change our bodies. So, Father, we know that as we take in your word, it can change body, soul, and spirit. And we are so grateful for that, Father, because we have no greater desire than to know you um, and to love you and to be loved by you. So, Father, thank you for this time together. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Ha <laughs> <laughs>